Welcome to Scotch Money. Scotch Money Show. With your friends, Dimitri and Brian and Hunter. Talking about things you gotta know. And I bet you won't think to hear about funding rounds. Oh, yeah. So we're gonna tell you about it on the Scotch Money Show. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's right. The Scotch Money Show. What is happening here? Okay. Welcome to the Scotch Money Show, where we talk about scotch and money and scotch and money and so much scotch and even more money. What do we do with the money? We invest the money. What do we do with the scotch? Drink the scotch. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Cheers. Mm. Is there a truck backing up somewhere? Yeah, there is. <laughs> Fools. They, didn't they learn that you never take a step back, only forward? Today I'm drinking scotch out of my cat lover cup. <laughs> a lover of cats, or did someone who is a cat lover just give that to you? I think they're okay. A little smug, but <laughs> other than their smugness. No, I love cats. What's not to love about cats? Cats are awesome. Smug mug? Is that what it is? Smug mug, yeah. <laughs> so, let's get down to business. I bet you're wanting to hear about funding rounds. But first, you got to smash that subscribe button and <laughs> smash the like button and then smash it again. Wait, would smashing it again unsmash it? <laughs> smash it a third time to re-smash <laughs> down below in the links. Up we'll, here in the things. We'll have to consult know. with the Hulk. We'll be like, hey, Hulk, how do you smash? How we'll many smash. times can I smash before it's a negative thing? <laughs> does one oh. smash cancel another smash? <laughs> how many Hulk smashes smash. does it really take to get to the chewy center of a Scotch Money episode? <laughs> and that's what's funny. That actually segues into awesome. funding rounds. The, funding rounds. It's because sometimes it takes more than one smash, yeah. you know? So many smashes. Oh, man, there are so many things to talk about when it comes to funding rounds. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to I wanna make mention to our sponsors first. I'm not an expert over here. Okay, now that we're done talking about our sponsors. Tell you about scotch. Hold on. Now tell us about the scotch of the day. And, and they, are not a, they are not a sponsor. We're saving the sponsorship time slot of scotch money there's a spot there <laughs> it'll be it'll be filled we're putting that out into the universe <laughs> nice scotch hopefully, of the daytime hopefully so, it's a, a wolves whiskey um and the first thing that you might notice is that the um label is made out of sheepskin Whoa. so the label is made out of Italian sheepskin. It is 53% made in California. Didn't and they used to make condoms out of sheepskin? Lambskin. Okay. I think it's intestine. Ah, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, My bad. 
Right. <laughs> There's another sorry, sorry sidebar. Continue. <laughs> uh, it was made in a, a I, I don't know how to pronounce this, a copper alambic Sharentalis pot still. Um, there's only five in operation in the United States. Um, so these guys apparently um, found one of those and uh, started brewing a batch or distilling a batch. Um, Sorry. There's uh, 898 bottles of this um, because the first batch run. Um, and <laughs> it, it smells very interesting. Um, because what I first noticed, when I first opened it, I thought it was um, uh, a Japanese whiskey. It had that you know, floral, like caramelly flavor to it, uh, scent to it. But when you taste it, it tastes like an IPA. No way. Like an IPA beer? Like uh, it has that IPA hoppiness to it. It's not smoky though, is it? It, it isn't smoky. Um, I wouldn't call it smoky. It's not very smoky. It's not very peaty. It's it's almost similar to a Japanese whiskey, um, but it's, it, it has that IPA hint to it. You know what would be a good idea? If we all drink the same scotch. <laughs> well, we're all just drinking any scotch. But I like your scotch of the day. It's Hunter's always all the way over in Arkansas. It's true. <laughs> well, we could all... We, where there's a will, there's a way, and we shall will it, and so there will be a way. We will weigh it. We'll yeah. weigh it. We'll raise it. <laughs> yep, and then pretty soon I'll be in Boston. So I'll have a much better selection at least. Boston, you're my home. You guys need to listen to. Okay, here's my, here's my shout, musical shout-out for the day. We're doing musical shout-outs now. Welcome nice. to the Scotch Money Show. Dirty Water by the Standells. You listen to that. You listen to that now. Not now. Or click the link in the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Dirty water, Standells. Cause I love that dirty water. Mmm, Boston, yo my home. It's good. It's a good song. Nice. Okay. Let's talk about some funding rounds. I like funding rounds. There are many funding rounds. There are many ways that we could start this conversation. But maybe, uh, Hunter, since you are our resident expert in funds, everybody listening, but what is a funding round, Mr. Slay? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, funding doesn't all come in at once. A lot of people think, you know, company goes out, they raise money, they get money, they use money, they make money. That's it. But that's quite often just not the case. A lot of times you have multiple rounds of funding, like you have rounds of a boxing match. It's just very uh, straightforward. They start at pre-seed if you want to go earliest first. And pre-seed, uh, it tends to get its funding from the actual creator, the inventor, the person with the idea, um, the founder, so to speak. Um, then you have a seed round that goes after the pre-seed and that usually is where their friends get involved. Family, friends, uh, you know, acquaintances. Um, and then some companies can make it actually from the seed 
to profit, but a lot of companies don't and they have to involve what they call series rounds and they can have series A, B, or C. Um, typically series A is taking all the information from the seed and basically organizing it into a more long-term business plan. Offers a little uh, you know, equity involved, sometimes not a, as great of a multiple. Um, and then B round is series B is usually the, I call it B for build. It's the build out round. If they do a series B, usually it's because they've gotten together the funding. Everybody likes the idea. They've done their due diligence, their product fit. They found it all, but now it's time to really build, build infrastructure, build out all of these plans that they've been making. And that can sometimes lead to series C, which is usually all about scaling. Series C comes in um, where scaling is necessary. They've identified their target customer. They've had some proven success. You know, they're gaining traction. And that's why a lot of the larger venture firms like the series rounds because it's not as quite as speculative as pre-seed and seed. You know, there's been some activity. There's been some traction. They can look at the team that's been gathered and they can get, get a lot better idea of kind of where it's going. So. Mm, no. Oh, sorry. Uh, help me understand this because I'm not very familiar with the rounds. Um, so when, as the rounds progresses, as uh, you would have less risk throughout each and every single round. So would you be buying less equity for the same money? Yeah. Usually that's almost always the case. And when is that determined? Like do you, as an investor coming in, um, and you see that it's a C round, are there like guidelines to what I would be expecting or do I have to actually get the prospectus from the company and see um, what those numbers are? And once I see those numbers, how would I know if those are good numbers? Let me, let me throw in my two, my two copper pennies into that one. That's right, my two thoughts, two pennies, two thoughts. Okay, so, when you're talking about how the, the, the round is structured, which I, I think is the heart of your question, you, all right, the, the company sets their own valuation, right? So on a seed round, when, they're, when someone goes out to go raise money, and usually a seed round will be something small. Uh, I mean, seed rounds have been getting insane recently, but let's say it's supposed to be like a couple hundred thousand, right? It's to get you going. You have an idea, you have something kind of put together, but it's not really, it, it's a good idea. And you need some money to really flesh it out and you think you can take it to the next level. That's a series seed round. So taking series out of it, sorry about that. A seed round. Uh, and it's generally, you, you don't even have enough paperwork put together, like legal paperwork to call it, like a, a true funding round. And so what happens is uh, you generally do something like a convertible note. So it's a note uh, as in a, a debt note saying, I'm going to give you a hundred thousand dollars for 10% of your company, whatever, whatever it is. So 5% of your company, 10% of your company, 20% of your company, we're going to negotiate for something reasonable or what we agree on is reasonable Evaluations are essentially all speculation. So um, 
I've personally had lots of conversations with other VCs uh, and everybody <laughs> can't agree entirely on you know, what you even consider to be the, the standard range for like a Series A. But I'll talk about that in a moment. Real quick uh, input on that. Seed usually goes from about 10,000 to about 2 million, I'm finding. And then Series A, you're looking at more like the three to six kind of range. See, that's insanity to me. And this is what I'm talking about. Like 10,000 to 2 million? For a seed, depending on, it depends on what they have going on. You know, it yeah, but that's the quite the range. And it depends on the IP that they bring to the project. For instance, well, I yeah, it depends on the idea of the technology. I had a founder came with me into an idea and he already had $3 million worth of software that he was contributing to the project. So right away, he wanted the valuation to be a minimum of $3 million. So it kind of, I, I put in, you know, tens of thousands during what you could consider our seed, even though we never reached out to anybody. And then he put in his intellectual property. So right away, we had a valuation and some you know, traction and it's like we just started with series A. We blew past everything else, you know, almost. You don't have to have a seed that's that's you go out for capital. It's yeah. just a lot of people, you know, like seed is supposed to be a friends and family around. Any yeah. institutional investor or, or VC or family office is gonna say, Well, how much money do you have in the deal? Who's who was the seed round investors? Who were the seed round investors? Yeah. Um, and then they're going to they're going to want to know. Um, but I'm a, I'm going to get there in a moment. Uh, talking about the valuation, so it's arbitrary, but it's and, and and you have to check based on what other companies have been valued in similar situations, and so you can look up. Let's say you have uh, a fintech, financial technology company that's seed round. And they're looking for money from you. And they need 500000 And they're talking about yeah, uh, selling off what, 10% of their company for 500000 Just throwing, throwing that out there. Um, I prefer to think of valuations in a, on a percentage basis. Generally, you'll talk about pre-money, post-money. So if they're $10 million pre-money, well, that's way too high. <laughs> let's, say, let's say they're what, like a $5 million, even still way too high, but whatever. Uh, not for San Francisco. It's not too high for San Francisco. Yeah, tech, tech has really been raising those numbers in, in every yeah. round. They're like, well, what's a couple million between friends? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. In any case. So let's say you're in San Francisco and they're like, okay, for my seed round, I want a 25 million pre and I'm raising $500,000. So it'll be five, 25,500,000 post. So you're getting like this much of a company. Um, don't do that. But the point is uh, you, you're, you're negotiating on it and everything's up for negotiation. And if you don't like it, don't do it. Uh, so it's the prerogative of the, you know, I, we should do one on negotiations because I love talking about this kind of stuff, but I'll give a, a, a glimpse into it. It's the prerogative of the CEO of the company to sell off as little of the company as possible. It's your prerogative as an investor 
to get as much of the company as possible, right? Uh, so the way that I like to uh, do it is we'll take more of the company on the front end, but then we'll have in our contracts, because we have slightly more sophisticated contracts, slightly. We have way more sophisticated contracts because we have awesome attorneys that I don't like because they're expensive. <laughs> but we have awesome attorneys. So no, we, um, we have a, a graduated scale. So pretty much it'll be something along the lines of this. We'll take 10% of your company for 250,000. And mind you, we don't really like to do seed, but I'll get to that. We'll take 10% of your company for 250,000. However, if you achieve X valuation prior to uh, your next funding round, so when you're going into your series A, you've achieved a $10 million. So we're at a $5 million here where we're funding and that's where we're getting uh, equity in. But if you achieve a 10 million before your next valuation, then we'll bonus you out the equity back. So I find that to be a merit-based structure. Uh, some other VCs use it, um, but not as many as you would think. Um, but I find it to be a good structure because you're getting more on the front end, but you're saying, look, if you do the job that you think you can do or that you're saying that you can do, that we hope you can do, then we'll give you back some equity because the equity that we're holding is worth more because you did a great job, right? Oh my God, it makes so much sense. to yeah, both I, I love merit-based incentives. I mean, that's, you're just incentivizing the team to do what they say, to accomplish what they're setting out to do. You're incentivizing the goal that everybody has that's involved. That's right. That's what that. it's all about. Which, which then brings you into a Series A. Uh, series A is my favorite point of investing because, so I consider Series A personally, and it depends on this. I mean, look, if you're talking about like semiconductors, which is a very, very, very capital intensive vertical, then yeah, you're talking 10, 15, 20 million for a Series A. And that's not even going to get you into revenue. <laughs> like, you're, was, that's, that's just to pay the fat cats in Silicon Valley. Chip. Here, getting that chip off my shoulder. Uh, get out of here. All right. Um, no, but when you're talking about a Series A in my book for things like technologies or SaaS, software as a service, um, or even CPG, like consumer product goods, uh, which I don't like, as you all know, but am familiar with. Uh, I I see a Series A being between one and five million, and I consider it to be scale. You've taken a seed, you've taken an idea in the seed. You've now taken that idea and you've expanded it into something that's working. What is it doing? Maybe not making any money. Maybe making a little bit of money, or maybe you've had a seed plus. So like a bridge round between, you, know, you put your own money in here, you raise some friends and family money, then you raise a little bit more money just to get it into a little bit more revenue to make it a little beefier. And now you're going out for your Series A official. Uh, so you kind of did little micro rounds, right? 
Series A, I consider to be a scale round. You're scaling your revenue to get revenue positive in, a, in, in most tech that I've seen. And I, I like companies that are in revenue, working towards revenue positive. Uh, yeah. It's not the only way to go. Series A is a lot of time mastering monetization. Exactly. A great idea. They get in there, they have a good team, and then they're like, oh, well, where's our fit and what's, who's our real customer and what do they really want? And here's how we can give it to them and charge X, Y, you know? Exactly. And it, it's, look, you, you can, the Series A is, in my opinion, the most important round because based on what you do in the Series A is where you're going to end up afterwards. Are you going to go into another Series, Series B, a series C, some industries it's unavoidable, like biotech. You're going to, I mean, guaranteed. Almost, almost every time guaranteed you're going to do a series B. But with tech, with software, not necessarily. There are uh, different options, debt options. There's um, scale contracts where you're essentially taking debt on manufacturing contracts, depending again on your industry. Um, that you can do after a series A. So your series A is, look, you got, you had a great idea. You funded that great idea. You took it to market. The market likes it. Now you need to get it into the point where you're still spending money. The reason you're raising money is because you're spending more money than you're making. And so you're still a not profitable company. Time to get profitable Time to get to the point where you can look at, where you can wake up in the morning and look at yourself and say, geez, making money. I'm a big boy. Yeah. Series A is typically the round that takes a company from idea and strategy into actually making money. And profiting. I, I'm, I'm of the belief that if you're not making a profit, you need to focus your efforts to making a profit and then scaling what you've done there. Because any, if you're making a profit, that can be scaled. If you're if you're taking a loss, then you're going to scale the loss, and you're going to be like Uber. Screw Uber. <laughs> Thank you to our not sponsor Uber. <laughs> um, which leads us to the final stage, actually, which I forgot to mention, which is the IPO, because Uber recently did an IPO or M and A. That's people's, you know, finish line. Well, so, so there's two, there's two routes. Well, hold on. Let me, let me, before we get to M and A or IPO, let me, let me do this. So now you're, you're, you're sitting there at the series A. This is your series A. This is, people are going to think I'm doing racist signs. It's not. <laughs> not the people just listening. <laughs> well, I did an okay sign to try to. Hey, and that is okay. There's nothing that is okay. I know. Sorry. Okay. You have your IPO right, or you, you have your Series A right here. You can go this way into a Series B, Series C. The more series rounds that you do, the more equity you're selling off. As an owner, as a CEO, and as investors in previous rounds, so let's say you get 20%. Let's say you do the entire seed round, you get 20%. Then you do the entire Series A, you get another 20% of the company. So you, as the investor, have 40% of this company, and then everyone else, you know, the, the, the CEO, the employees, whatever, however they, they structure it, have the other 60, right? So uh, every future round, so let's say they do a series B. Well, that series B is going to dilute everybody. 
in order to accommodate itself. The problem. So you don't want to do more rounds unless it's necessary, unless it's going to make your equity worth more because it's better to have less. It's better to have a piece of a pie that's good than to have the whole pie when the pie sucks, right? Yeah, this might be a good time actually to explain dilution because everybody listening may not understand what being diluted is. It, it means that uh, I have scotch. I pour water. That scotch is not as strong. <laughs> I think they understand that kind of dilution, but when it comes to financial and equity. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got this. I got this. Check it out. I have company. I have money in said company. I pour more money into company. More money wants more stuff out of a finite thing. It's the same principle. The, the, the principle of the scotch and the water is the same pr financial principle. More people want a piece of the pie. And, and, so pie. and But there's only so much pie. And even, so the only reason why you would say, okay, fine, you can have a piece of my sweet, delicious scotch money pie is if that stuff that you're putting into that pie is valuable to the point where we're like, it'd be like this. I'm fine with you putting a liquid into this cup as long as it gets me drunker for the same amount that I get to keep, right? I mean, it's a, silly, it's a crude example, and I'm being crass, obviously, but if, if I already have something great, and I continue to grow it by myself, so without the money, it will grow. But if you give me the money, it will grow so much faster, and we're going to make so much money, and the value that is brought by that money and or relationships is valuable. Yeah, you can have a piece of the pie because it's worth it. That's the fundamental principle for taking money. And making those decisions is important. A good CEO needs to know how to make those decisions. Because sometimes, which brings me to the point, you don't need to take a Series B. A lot of times you can take debt. And as everybody knows, I'm super against debt on the real estate side. Uh, but with, the, with a proper understanding of how to use debt conservatively on the VC side, or specifically on the taking capital side, um, I think it's really good. There's, there are ways to maximize your uh, equity by taking that debt, as long as the debt is taken responsibly based on contracts and based on what you can pay off with your existing contracts uh, to scale. And then you're not selling off your company. You're taking risks on debt, but you're, you're essentially taking those types of risks anyways through what you're doing uh, running a company, which then takes you to, okay, how do you get out of it? So whether you take on more equity or you take on debt to scale your company, to build out the infrastructure, to all of those things that Series A, scale into revenue. Series B, build out your infrastructure. Series C, uh, scale internationally or, or scale to a, a larger uh, platform, hire people, et cetera. Um, open up your, your Denver office, downtown Denver office, because, you know, duh. Um, now you're talking about, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to sell the company? Am I going to IPO? 
generally most companies will go through M&A. Uh, so mergers and acquisitions. Uh, and then some companies will go the, the initial public offering route. There are other things, uh, you know, there's lots of this talk about, I see Hunter smiling. There's talks of ICO, initial coin offering with the blockchain and the hip hop music and all the kids are, all the kids are skateboarding on the sidewalk and it's scaring us all. Um, but nobody really like, it, it hasn't been done to any sophisticated level yet, but it is possible. But let's talk about the traditional stuff first. And then if we want to get into the crazy hip hop jazz, then, um, then, we can, then we can talk about the Miley Cyrus of the investing world. <laughs> equity, like crowd, equity crowdfunding. What? <laughs> Came in like a wreck. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> We're going to get sued. <laughs> Wait, you can only get sued if you make money doing something, right? That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Officially, we make no money doing scotch money. Yeah. Well, if anything, that's we not put money into it because we buy the scotch and consume it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but is that making that's money or is it using money? In any case, finishing off the, the, the discussion, IPO. Uh, so recently I had a friend IPO his company. IPO is a very tedious process where you're essentially saying we have preferred, uh, we have preferred in common stock in the company as investors. And then the owners have it and it's all private. We can sell it on the private markets, but what we want to do is we want to take it to the masses and allow the masses to speculate on our company. Meaning you think today that, steel us steel reserves are going to go up and so then you go to the stock market you you go to whatever trading platform you have and or broker or whatever and you say i want to buy more stock and they go oh my goodness that's awesome because they're taking commissions uh and so then you go buy stock anybody can buy public stock so that's why people ipo and the speculation or the fuel uh of speculation helps drive the price up, which is good, right? Because then you're selling off the same stock for more money. Well, that's the, the point of it. It doesn't always happen that way. So if you look at Uber, for example, or Lyft, recently come out, IPO, and immediately their stock plunges because <laughs> it was so overvalued for many other reasons. But people were already speculating on it before it even IPO because that's the world we live in today. But most of the time, uh, that doesn't happen. And it, with a lot of companies, even the ones that IPO, they're not always super well-known companies, right? The IPO is their initial kind of jumping into the public eye. Uh, the other route, and it's actually the more common route, is mergers and acquisitions. So a merger would be, well, let's say you have company X and your competitor has company Y. And company Y is like, listen, I'll give you a bunch of money for your company based on, you know, what the market is offering a particular multiple or whatever. And, and you guys merge into one. Uh, alternatively, they can acquire you or a private equity firm who buys companies to merge them could acquire you. So there's a lot of different options. Uh, and these are the more common ones. 
Yeah, I, I see a lot of initial public offerings uh, go a lot of go same way as Uber and Lyft. And I feel like when things are offered to the public at large, depending on the buzz, like how well the marketing has been done, like everybody knows about Uber, everybody's heard about Lyft. So there's all this positive speculation without fundamental analysis. You know, people say, oh, there's going to be an offering for, I can own some of this thing I see everywhere. Oh, everybody loves that. I'm going to get some of that. Yeah. They've literally done zero fundamental analysis. They don't know the profitability or any, any of the financial statement. They don't. Guys, have, I'll know. be, I'll be right back. I have to use the restroom. Yeah, go for it. The scotch is going right through me. <laughs> I guess we can, we can do a little edit right here. We're just, you know. <laughs> All right. Do a little edit there. Oh, well. What I did notice about this um, is that it's, it is a hop-flavored whiskey, so that explains why it tastes like an IPA. Oh, no way. Wow, very cool. Yeah. You must have got like a first run of that stuff. Like, where did you get that? It, it, it's batch one, but bottle 680 of um, 898. So mm. there, there might not be any left. I got oh. this a few weeks ago. Oh man! Um, made, made by a California company. Made by a California company. I, I learned about it through Flaviar. Um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but um, I don't even know where I learned about it. Facebook, maybe. You know that? Flaviar. Uh, yeah, Flaviar is F L A V I A R, and I I'll put that in the show notes. Nice. But. It's a, it's it's a new venture from John Buscemi and James Bond. No. <laughs> Known footwear and lifestyle entrepreneurs based in Los Angeles. So uh, John and James, along with their partners at Wolves, set out to create a blend that is crafted along the lines of their existing brands and lifestyles. With that in mind, they went on a hunt for a master distiller and came across Marco Caracav. Karakasevic. <laughs> and they made a blend with whiskey distilled from stout beer, aged in French oak barrels for eight years. Five-year-old Pilsner whiskey aged in char three new American oak barrels and some rye. What? That's so interesting. It's, it's such a hybrid almost. It's, like, yeah. it's very interesting. And then not only that, they, they used... They use rare copper alambic um, pot stills. Uh, it's, it's, it's like a rarely used machine. I'm just reading copy here. Um, and, uh, and then when the juice is complete, um, it is then bottled in heavy French cut glass. So th this is the glass and wrapped in Italian sheepskin leather. Wow. And then hand numbered. So, you know, batch one. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Man. I gotta try it next time I'm out there. Oh yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drink it slowly. It's a very interesting taste. The the the, the cool thing about Flaviar is they have a really good um, representation of um, what the flavor is. Oh, nice. So. It, it does have a lot of vanilla and a bit of oak in it. Um, and it does taste sweet and honey. Thanks, so. guys. Ooh. 
What, what did I miss? What was the thing that you just showed? Oh, we were just talking about scotch. Ooh. Well, in this case, it's not even scotch. It's whiskey. And you're just showing me a, a ratings app or a site that gives you the flavor profile diagrams of different brands. And stuff. Listen, this isn't the whiskey money show. <laughs> no whiskey money. <laughs> it must be from Scotland. Um, so yes, well, welcome back. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> welcome back me. Thank you. Um, sorry about that. You know, the scotch, it goes right through you. Um, okay. So that's, that's it. I mean, that's, that, that's the gist of it. And there's all kinds of deviations to all of these types of structures. Each company is unique, but fundamentally my opinion, it should be about revenue. Um, I, I am of the belief, and I've said this before that companies tend to overraise. Uh, well, no, sorry. They underraise, but they overvaluate themselves. And so then what happens is you have, look, I think I said it before in, in, in either the last one or several scotch monies ago, uh, you know, Amazon only raised like a billion from their IPO. Uber raised what, almost 10, but Amazon actually had infrastructure and Uber has nothing. So it look, there's a lot of speculation right now, possibly another, uh, possibly another tech bubble, probably another tech bubble, uh, especially from when you're talking about the tech that's happening up in like Silicon Valley. Um, but that's what uh, people are seeing tech coming out of a lot of other places now, uh, Los Angeles, Seattle, uh, hell, there's places in Ohio, on the East Coast. Um, yeah, tech is definitely the future. And the yeah. only thing you really got to worry about uh, is going back to what the two things you just mentioned. That's the perfect storm. When you overvalue and underfund, that's when you have a problem. That's when you as an investor get into that dilution <laughs> problem. We were yeah, just you're raising more and more money. Because then they have to go out and get more money and they're going to raise it at less equity than yours and it's going to take down your value. Yeah, it'll do a down round. Exactly. So a, down, a down round is you evaluated, you evaluated yourself, let's say, at $10 million for your Series A. So your pre-money is $10 million, And then you did your Series A. And now you're doing another round afterwards at less than $10 million, Meaning you're fixing it. Pretty much you, a down round is you saying, look, I thought that it was going to be worth this much, but it's not. And we all screwed up. And so we're all going to have to take a haircut in order to make this thing work. Sucks. So you don't want to do down rounds, but if you have to do a down round, you have to do a down round. Otherwise you're completely screwed. So in that scenario where you move from 10 million to 5 million valuation, uh, I mean, hopefully you're not doing that big of, would you have lost 50% of your, investments pretty much pretty much but what you're doing is you're losing 50 percent of your investment but someone else is coming in and funding and so it keeps it going so it's kind of like do you want to lose 100 guaranteed or do you want to lose 50 but then with the chance of still growing the company and growing it back 
So it's and like then your bet is that it will grow to 2x so that it will eventually hit 10 million with that new infusion of funds. Yeah. And, and, and then continue. So, I mean, a lot of times, the reason I, I said, I, I've said this like several times just during this thing, and you, you guys know, I always say it. Um, valuation is entirely speculation. Doesn't matter who you are. It's entirely speculation when you're talking about valuation. So let's say I'm the investor and you're the entrepreneur, the CEO. You think it's worth more. I think it's worth less every time. I, it's very rare, if ever, I've never seen it, where you come in and you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's about right. <laughs> like, like, oh yeah, you think your company's worth 20 million? Okay, cool. Yeah, I think so too. That's what the analyst says. No, it's never that way. It's you think your company's worth 20 million. I think your company is worth 2 million. And now let's begin the dance. Um, because it's probably worth like five, six million. But is it really? No, it's probably worth like three, four million. But then there's, there's pretty much the, the cushion that is necessary in today's world. Um, because look, that, if, if I said to you, to the listeners at home, to all of our adoring fans who send us lots of bottles of scotch that we, that we then get approval from our sponsors on, <laughs> in any case, if I say to you, all of our adoring fans, listen, what is it like to be an entrepreneur and start your own business? You're going to think to yourself, okay, so it's a hard thing where people, you have an idea and then you have to go get funding and you have to struggle and blah, 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 blah. But it's really not as much of a struggle as it has historically been. I mean, some people struggle. If you have a ridiculous idea, you're going to struggle. But if you have a, most companies because there's a lot of great, great ideas. It's not about the idea. It's about the execution of said idea to grow really big. But when, it's, when you're talking about making money, look, people build in salaries and benefits and stuff into their first funding round. So guys are raising seed money and then saying, look, I want to pay myself $10,000 a month. And they do that. It's crazy. They raise like five, 600,000 and then they pay themselves uh, a hefty salary. That being said, it's not as much of a risk as it used to be. And so they, the, the power dynamic between the funding and the, the, uh, the people to be funded, the companies has changed. It used to be, if you have the money, you have the funding, you call the shots. And there was good and bad in that system. Now it's, okay, well, I don't need your money. I'll take that guy's money or that guy's money or that guy's money. And so, because you're like, well, I want a salary. I, have, I need stability to be able to work as an artiste. How can I, how can I paint? Paint me like one of your French girls. <laughs> no, it's, it's a different world. And there's good and bad in both worlds, by the way. It's kind of like this. Let me get political. Come here. Come here, guys. Come on. Listen. Oh, oh. All right. 
Here's the secret. There are two sides to any issue. If there's too much of this side, you have problems. If there are too much of this side, you have other problems. So there's happy balance. Boom! I just solved the United States political system like that. Dimitri for president. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. Nor would I be interested. Take that, Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so that's my, that's my um, rant on that topic. But I, I, here's the thing. If you have a good idea, you have a good team, you have a good structure, you understand money and you understand how to use money effectively in a scrappy way, you're going to do well. You're going to grow your company. And if you understand optics, marketing, uh, just infrastructure, company infrastructure, which we've talked about on other Scotch monies. <laughs> Anything you guys think needs to be added here? I, I, uh, I suppose we could talk about different forms of debt, but um, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory other than that. Uh, the only thing I can think to add that might be beneficial to people in a funding round situation is to look for anchor investors and anchor investors are people that come in in various different rounds, but they have, proven track history or they have a network that could benefit the entire project. You're looking for people that, uh, you know, have experience and knowledge and backup capital to push it across the finish line if need be. So anytime you see someone that's invested prior to you, you know, that's an anchor investor, that's, that's really a good sign. Mm -hmm. um, Bringing relationships. Yeah, you can look at their past investments, see they've been successful multiple times doing that, see that they have a network that's in the field of study or industry of whatever the startup is. I mean, these are all really good indicators and good signs. So as, as someone raising money, it's always good to look for an anchor investor, that someone whose name and reputation, you could say, look, so-and-so, he knows this and he's in it. And like he knows science or money or whatever you know the case may be people people who can people who can get stuff done i'm i'm pulling things up to show to the camera uh and likewise if you're someone investing in fund rounds look for an anchor investor to be a part of it and then do your research on that that investor so you'll be looking at things like this which is I'm happy to share any of this. The market valuation metrics. Then you're looking at things like this. Hold on, I'm trying to not show which company we did this for. <laughs> Precedent transactions. Can you see that? Yep. So you're looking at precedent transactions saying, okay, well, what companies have been acquired? Uh, and you know, what was their what, what were the details? All of these types of reports are readily available on the Google, the Google machine. <laughs> They're readily available on Bing. Um, 
And a lot of people use celebrities as anchor investors because they're already. Oh, totally. Because everybody knows celebrities and they're like, what? Leonardo DiCaprio invested in this? It must be good. Yeah. And that's a situation we've actually, uh, Dimitri and I ran into last year. Uh, (laughs) And it's one of those things where I was like, if someone tells you so and so's invested, blah, 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 don't be afraid to ask, can I speak to him? Oh, yeah, the first the first thing I said, yeah, and then you're 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 looking at like private equity acquisitions, and you're looking at strategic acquisitions and public exits. I mean, you got to do that. Yeah, so they said to us, they were like, "Well, Leonardo DiCaprio invested," and I was like, "Okay, I want to meet Leo." Yeah, because I just want to talk to him. Say, why did you invest in this? How attached to this? Yeah. And, and also, I wanted to be like, listen, I loved you and catch me if you can. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no. But I was like, so first of all, there are two reasons why I wanted to. There are two reasons why I wanted to meet with Leo. One, why not? Two, for the specific deal, like there's a lot of bullshitters out there. BSers. Yeah, don't take their word for it. They say they have a celebrity investor. Don't just believe it. Awesome. Let's meet with Leo. He's in LA. He's in Los Angeles. We're in Orange County. I'm like, I'll drive up. I'll drive up or fly up to to LA uh, or invite him down here. LA kind of sucks. Orange (laughs) County's nice. Come down, Leo. And also, if Leonardo DiCaprio wants to join us on the Scotch Money Show, there's space for a fourth. (laughs) Consistently, dude. Don't be so weird about it. Come on. (laughs) Let's date first before you commit to that kind of a serious weekly commitment. (laughs) Leo, we need our space, but you can come on one time. Uh, And then we'll tell you the secrets, the scotch money secrets that only we know. Only we do. Oh, man. But yeah, so celebrity anchor investors, you know, definitely don't be afraid to ask to talk to them and then ask them why they're invested, you know, what you know, their investment criteria was for making the decision. Um, and a lot of those guys have a team of people around them that are doing due diligence and advising them. Sometimes they'll, you know, push you off to them. Other times they'll just tell you what they, they found. And basically you're able to piggyback on top of thousands of dollars spent by that person uh, to get the information they needed to make the investment. Um, sometimes the celebrity will tell you, oh, so-and-so is just a friend of mine. I went to high school with him. And these guys have millions and millions of dollars. So to give somebody, you know, a couple hundred thousand, like, yeah, my buddy, sure. Yeah, believe in what you're doing. Uh, so that, that's not my favorite type of celebrity involvement. And also, if you ask to speak to them and they don't let you, that probably means they're lying. So, so you, you want to ask, here, here's what you want to ask when you do talk to the celebrity. Here's the one thing you want to ask. The most important thing to ask. You want to do this. Tell me why are you invested in that deal? Amen. That's exactly the most important thing to ask. Tell me why. (laughs) And I lost it. Uh, Guys, uh, I will say this as a final thought to all of this. You invest right. And I've said this before in the structuring one, and I'll say it again. If you invest right, you have a good plan A, you have a good plan B, you understand how 
the capital stack works, you understand how funding rounds work, you understand how company infrastructure works, all of the things that we talk about here on the Scotch Money Show, and we joke, and we drink scotch, it's got it all. It's got it all. If you understand these things, then you will do well because you're thinking about what needs to be done. If you don't understand these things and you're just winging it, maybe you'll succeed, maybe you won't. But if you're going to do that, you might as well go to Vegas and throw all your money on black and say, whatever, because you're just winging it. You're not, you don't know what the hell you're doing. Um, have a plan. Have a life plan. Live your life with a plan. And then, and then everything else is extra. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I feel like a good final thought when it comes to funding rounds uh, would be if you're getting involved in investing in rounds of funding, A, know what round you're investing in. B, really look at the valuation and see how that was determined and, you know, derived. And... I hope you know what that be, you're investing in. Be, be, pre be prepared to lose whatever you're putting in, which is true for most investments, but especially in startup investing because companies cannot make it and just go bankrupt and you are just out. Yeah, and don't get intimidated. Just communicate. Don't be intimidated by big names or don't be afraid to ask questions. Everything is a negotiation. So you should listen to our next podcast on negotiations. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Oh, 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 God. Yes. Love the negotiating. You know, I wrote a book once. It's called the, <laughs> the, it, it was called the, the good stuff painted on things of a deal. <laughs> You should write a book on negotiating though. You're like one of the best negotiators I've ever known. Like if not the best negotiator I've ever known. It's because you, you guys want to know my secret? Shh, shh. I'll tell you my secret. All right. <laughs> <You guys> wanna... <laughs> Let me tell you the secret. I'll tell you the secret to negotiating. If you don't ask, then you shan't receive. It's true. That's true. That's a great tip. Just look and talk. There. Boom. Done. Yep. <laughs> that's it <laughs> next episode of scotch money filmed <laughs> Film. just, it. just cut there and then add here okay so listen listen to me now i'm gonna i'm i'm doing the ask listen come here smash smash it smash that subscribe button smash it now smash it stop pause did you smash it did you smash it then are you smashing it now it's okay our feelings won't be hurt if you don't smash it. But if you do smash it and you want to ask us questions and stuff, I mean, we do know a lot of things about certain stuff. Um, yeah, anybody with questions that's listened to any episode of the podcast, please feel free to leave a comment, reach out, question, whatever platform you're coming across this on. Like, don't be afraid to get involved. Kind of the, the whole uh, ethos of the episode. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Get involved. You got to get involved. Well, I mean, all right. you got to get involved in whatever the hell it is you're doing. So the point of the matter is smash the subscribe button, retwat it, uh, Instagram us. Do we have Instagram? 
whatever. Go to our Facebook and tell us how how you like our faces <laughs> and our books. Um, and let us know what your thoughts are. And if you have any constructive criticism, well, maybe we'll listen. <laughs> and that, I would say, is it for today's Scotch Money podcast, where we drink scotch and we talk about money. And then we drink scotch and we talk about money. And we drink money and then talk about scotch. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Mm. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. We'll see you next time on next week's Scotch Money Podcast. Woo!